big insurance policy involved, yeah? Some guy took the tip of the blade, stuck it in his own shoulder blades, and he must have screwed up a few times because there was multiples back there. Could you please be quiet? Picture that, but everywhere. This is Film Sack. Oh, sure. everyone and welcome back to Film Sack. This is Film Sack, mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind, episode 393. Uh, my name is Scott Johnson and I'm joined today by Brian. He's in the box, Dunaway. Get me out of the box. Mm. Oh, hi, sir. Hello. <laughs> welcome to the discreet delivery services where we promise to not ask you what's in the box. Yeah. <laughs> With that being said, I do have to ask, is there anything fragile in the box? There is. All right. I'm just going to slap a few fragile stickers on the box. Wow. This box is pretty heavy for a size. Okay. That's weird. Something seems to be rolling around inside. Is it a bowling ball? No, wait. <laughs> Don't tell me. We have a strict policy on not asking what's in the box. Yeah. <laughs> However, I do have to ask, is there anything perishable in the box? Oh, there is. And you need it delivered by seven this afternoon? That's same day delivery, dude. Now I'm the only one here till six. Seriously, though, this thing is sloshing around like... Rotten cantaloupe. Is it a cantaloupe? No, don't tell me. Policy. Yeah. All right. Based on the size, weight, vague content description, strict deadline on delivery, and the fact you are covered in blood and creepy as hell, I'm going to go ahead and ask for $500 up front, Mm. all of which will go straight into my very 90s wallet on a chain wallet. Screw you, greedy corporate bastards. Yeah. Oh, dude. Be safe out there. It's yeah. been like raining for a week, mm. and everything is dark as hell. Mm. Storm is coming. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Weirdo. <laughs> the wallet on a chain. That's pretty good. Yeah, wallet <laughs> on a chain. Yeah, it's Get great. off it! It's great because you can yank it off. That's why I like those. Right. Uh, I got this. I'm going to listen to some Nine Inch Nails. That's right. I'm doing it. That's mm. right. Uh, also with us, Randy. Gluttony was gross, Jordan. Aloha, Scott. Brian. Brian. Hi. Randy. So... Looks like we're doing this. We've got the funding and the casting, and we're going to make this movie called Phi Five Va. Okay, you have to see how the number five is worked into the word five. Uh, so, the writers of our executive summary here. Okay, I'm just handing out the script. Okay, so, it's about a prankster who annoys people and the cops who slowly realize he's following a pattern of the five not-so-deadly sins. Okay, what are those? Number one, saying your head literally exploded. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Number two, wearing socks with thong sandals. We got, okay, yes. Number three, stacking bowls in an order other than size. Whoa. <laughs> Number four, uh, when it's time to exit the plane and someone from the row behind you is now in the aisle next to you. Ooh, got to take a breather on that one, man. <clears throat> All right, number five. Number f- Okay, so we finally... Pretty much everything any other person does at the gym. If you're listening to me right now at the gym, you're annoying someone right now. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is so true. 
Uh, yeah, I I would put that airplane thing above gluttony. Yeah. Actually, I would. Put that <laughs> yeah, I think I would too. It's a lot. I of don't spa- know. Spaghetti gluttony is pretty gross. Oh, a lot of spaghetti <laughs> sauce. You see all that spaghetti sauce? My gosh. Well, yeah, I, I, I actually not out the most. Sauce. The movie seven. <laughs> right. <laughs> pretty gross uh, also and finally with us brian my nails are nine inches long ibit <laughs> uh, oh hi detective mills uh looks like i'm your new partner since uh, somerset retired hey welcome back from mandatory leave uh wh- what's in this box well i picked up some donuts here have a crawler anyway the captain put us together to work on these new bizarre murders that have been happening for the last three days let me open up the file here okay first we have jack who was killed the day before yesterday when part of his spine was forcibly pulled out of his back. Okay. Um, Yesterday, they found Stan, a city planner who was fixated on a rolled-up blueprint that was shoved down his throat. Hmm. And then today, we have Roy, who was found chained to the bottom of his Japanese koi pond. Hmm. So we have uh, slip out the back, Jack, make a new plan, Stan, and don't need to be coy, Roy. I think we better put officers on all the city buses looking for a potential victim named Gus. And if I'm correct, the next 50 days will be murder. (laughs) Murder. And would that bus driver be uh, Gus from Speed? Sure. Well, his name was Gus, wasn't it? Nice reference. (laughs) It was Gus. And he was was in the library. Was that not him? was it? Oh, it was, was not- dude. That's the actor. Yeah. What? The one <laughs> that, that said you're gonna. The one that turned on the music before he played the cards and says you're gonna miss yes. us. The weird, fr- frumpy looking face guy. That's yeah. awesome. He was the bus driver in Speed. Yes. yes. The guy playing cards. What? What? Right. If not, they have the exact same features no, and hairstyle. I think and that that's hairstyle him. Is unique. I think that's him. I just wanna. I just wanna come back around. Paul Simon really only lists like five ways to leave yeah. your lover. What a <laughs> yeah. jerk! I am so shortchanged. <laughs> Yeah, it's such a jip. Yeah, yeah, it is a jip. Plus all those, sorry, gypsies. We're not making fun of you. It's an old phrase. We use it. Still. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot. Uh, I don't even. I don't even associate that. That's so bad. That's I know bad. it is. Well, whatever, man. We grew up. And in the really, 80s. hopping off the bus is not a way to leave your lover. I mean, no. it's a way to to literally leave your lover. It's a way to leave the bus. <laughs> right. It's a way to leave the bus. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> the bus is your lover in Paul Simon's right. song. Yeah, that's oh, a good wow. point. They'll, Make they'll, a new plan. I mean, that's you know. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. If you. If you jump the bus, your lover's in there, and you jump the bus, they're gonna follow you. I yeah. mean, that's just gonna happen, right? right? Yeah, exactly. that's true. If you're if you're on a bus with anybody, lover, friend, acquaintance, and they suddenly get up and and head for the door, you're going with them. Yeah. You know? yeah. Wait, 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 what's going on? Yeah. My biggest complaint <laughs> yeah. about that song growing up was that those guys all sound like old people. Stan, Gus, Stan, Gus, yeah, freaking right. nobody's named any of those names anymore. Should have been a line in there. Make it look like an accident, schmaccident. <laughs> speaking. Yeah. speaking Speaking of names, uh, what do we think about Sa7N? 7N. Sa7N. The name. The name Sa7N. Well, it's it's funny because, uh, you know, to make it searchable, they don't do that on others. Like, you don't search for it that way. Or I guess you could, but you just search for 7 and you get it. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've always wondered how that must feel like to a bunch of PR guys for a movie where they're like, all right, well, we like the idea, especially in the 90s, of jamming a number in here. That right. somehow means something, and even though usually if you do that, if it's like a five, that makes sense because we're talking about fives. Fives can double for an S, or if it's a, 
another number like but a, I mean, that's, three, that's three phonetic. E a seven, a but a seven e. is like a sideways or like a, a corner turn, catty cornered V. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's a V that's been turned uh, two hundred and twenty degrees, and that just doesn't <laughs> right. work for me. Yeah, but also it's distorted because otherwise it'd just be a less than sign. You know what I mean? Right. Like it wouldn't work. So it's a bad. I'm just saying it's a bad idea. I think you could have just called this seven and left the number out of the name. Like just pull Was it, it a copyright there? thing, you think? Because right. you really couldn't probably copyright the word seven. You can't copyright you anything. Could copyright, you can name you, you could, could make well, a movie yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow yeah, listen, yeah, here's yeah. how it goes, Dunaway. Tomorrow you could make a movie called Seven with a number seven in the middle, and nobody can right. stop you. That's on the books. You can do that. There's a million movies that are all named the same. Nobody has to fight over it or say, Hey, that's mm -hmm. my movie. Now there may right. be some exceptions where you can't go go make a movie called Star Wars, and I don't know how that works. But there right. must be exceptions. Yeah, there must be exceptions. I just don't know. How I'm trying to think of other movies. I mean, there are movies where they've done that with the promotional materials, but they're not actually called like called that. Like the Fantastic Four movie that was just a few years ago. Yeah, the bad one. Uh, with really Michael B. Jordan one. was Fantastic Five or something like Fan Fantastic Four. <laughs> 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 yeah, it was. But you know, there's like there's like a. a two movies named twilight and one is not like the other yeah there's a so what do they do with oh. twilight do they put uh oh, remember there's two movies called the avengers right mm -hmm. like uh sure. there's one from like 19 oh, yeah uh, the, the appeal right yeah sure. yeah it's that's what i'm saying there's no is that the avengers or avengers no they're just called the avengers if, if there that's was... why marvel had to call theirs marvel's the avengers right or something like that. I, I no no, no but marvel see that that's the thing you don't you don't have to you can you can name no. your movie crash and there are like five crash movies that's it and that's there's, it. I'm well, there's two movies called Crash in particular that I cannot keep apart. Right. They are just the same movie as far as I'm concerned. Well, yeah. Well, that, the thing, the that thing that's funny is there were two movies in 2009 called Nine. One yeah. of them was the Daniel Day, or was it Daniel Day? It was the musical. And then there was the animated Daniel, one with the um, Daniel Day Lewis. The yeah. little gunny sack uh, people. Yep. Uh, so here's, here's another example Hot Pursuit, 1987. Hot Pursuit, 2015. Bad Boys, 1983. Bad Boys, 1995. Totally unrelated. Avengers, or The Avengers, 1998. The Avengers, 2012. Kicking and Screaming, 1995. Kicking and Screaming, 2005. This happens all the time. It's, right, it, and the, the odd thing is, there is no other movie named Seven, right? That's the funny thing. Well, I, I mean, mean, yeah, but I, I'm, I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think that the Seven in the Middle was meant to do anything other than be 90s cool. I think that's what that was for. Ah. Yeah. Remember... Mm -hmm. Uh, about a decade ago, a a funny dark comedy set in New Zealand called Black Sheep came out. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I remember that. And uh, it like it was about uh, killer sheep. Yeah, uh, <laughs> not it. And it did it really it did bothered have, me. It did not have Farley in it at all. It didn't have Chris Farley and David Spade in it. <laughs> yeah. And it was like about ten years after the movie Black Sheep, which I think is underrated by a lot. And it bu really bugged me that they, somebody could just make a movie and call it Black Sheep and just go on. <laughs> but uh, I think this is the only this is the only movie I can think of where it's not just the promotional materials that have the number and the title. It's it's actually in the title. When you search for this thing on IMDb, it's right. a seven and no, oh, does it say that there? Yeah, yeah. it's on IMDb. Yeah. It is, but yeah, and Netflix because. That would be too hard for people to search. Yeah. Right. Netflix is like, nope. I mean, if it. I search for seven, though, on IMDb, it comes up without the, without the number seven and the numeral in it. So it comes up either on way. On IMDb? Yeah. Yeah. It came up for me. 
It so, does. It says it at the top, but then it says it. <clears throat> I mean, they're, they're, it's just you know, it's just meta search data. It's not yeah. anything too crazy. But um, I found some of the legality stuff. So here's the deal: if you look into it, number one, you can't copyright a title. Uh, you can trade. Uh, let's see, but you can't trade slash pretend that you uh, are another movie <laughs> trying to take advantage Ooh, of it. I'm so, pretending. So you can't be right. Star Wars. Or let's use a better example. You can't be Crash. The third, you can't be the third Crash movie and 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 look like you're making the, the first movie Marketplace again. Marketplace confusion. <laughs> Basically, it's the Transmorphers. Right. right. <laughs> it's right. whatever that. Think of what is that? Uh, Bloom, not Bloomhouse. Asylum. Whatever, like, asylum. Asylum that does. You know, uh, Transmorphers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They figured out a way around it. Um, there's Can this- I just say I really enjoy Bloomhouse? Uh, they have really. They have just really change the market look you can love them you it's fine mm-hmm. you've you. really done some good things uh the third uh, part of this is you can trademark the look of a titles uh, aka the art direction but not ah. the, not the title itself so this is a case where seven probably uh the look of that logo with the kind of chalky written whatever with the number in the middle that's probably trademarked because but the you know the, a lot of the poster art is just written seven what like the number seven so, Right, without without the seven. Oh, without the seven. We just without we just that's right. The poster that's right. The poster shows a V and not a not a seven. Yeah. Huh. Well, that stuff's loose. Uh, it's just loose. They just can't they just can't make up their minds. Look, your stupid movie name has detracted film sack from talking about what's important <laughs> about the movie and talking about your title for almost ten minutes. Maybe it may it's a bad idea. Well, I agree and we, we should definitely move on, but it's it's just it's an interesting thing because if it you is. think about it, if it was possible to copyright trademark the names themselves we'd be out of names we'd be done oh so yeah it'd right. be like urls there'd only be a limited number of them and we'd be calling movies like you know uh frank picks his butt and then we could never well, have another frank like, picks his butt we could do them like hurricanes uh you can use any title you want until one impacts society yeah. so much that you retire that name mm. really so okay, there'll never be another katrina but there could Correct. be really right. okay yeah. but no, there no. Could be, at what level yeah, is how many that, people have to die? How many people yeah. have to die for that like, to happen? What is the, exactly. What is the what is the cutoff? Well, Katrina. So Katrina, Camille, Sandy, and Hugo. Andrew and Hugo. I think those are all gone now. I can't use them anymore. Yeah, and Florence now. Yeah. Oh, really? Is Florence yeah. them, like raising a jer- uh, a jersey up to the rafters with the right. <laughs> <laughs> retire their number? 2018 champ. Oh, yeah. Katrina has oh. now been retired. <laughs> Scott, the list is a hundred names long. Agnes, Alicia, Alan, Allison, Andrew, oh, wow. those Anita. Are all ones that have been, those uh, are all retired names. Wow. Hurricanes, yeah. Well, well eventually they're gonna have to call them Zontar and uh, Phlebas and things. <laughs> oh no, Zontar's coming! Yeah, get out. Zontar's making apparently, landfall. Apparently, for our entire lives, the name Dora has been retired for hurricanes. And I just love that there was a hurricane named Dora. Mm-hmm. Dora. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dora. the explore, the explorer. Actually, people. <laughs> people's people's explorers got destroyed in dora that that's a funny thing to think right. about um the map anyway by the way i have a rule that whenever uh the asylum comes up uh, even if it's a monthly i have to uh, catch us up on what they're doing the uh their uh most recent film triassic world uh which is which is, is based on Jur- jurassic world fallen kingdom uh did the, not probably do the smartest well. probably the smartest one they've done because triassic period is actually a period Instead, yeah, of, oh, instead yeah. of going something weird, right? Mm. Um, I, I think the smartest thing they they ever did was make Avengers Grimm because they're <laughs> yeah. a, they somehow they somehow were able to 
continue to make Avengers movies just by calling them Avengers Grim. The the most recent one, uh, based on Avengers Infinity War, is called Avengers Grim Time Wars. Mm. Uh, mm. Again, not doing very well though. The uh, the asylum. You, you is, say is, uh... they're not doing well, but I need some qualification. Are you saying that they're not reviewing critically well? Because I don't think that's what they're aiming for. Are they meeting their budgets at least? I would they're... say that's see that's the thing. I I have a hard time believing that they make enough money back on those compared to what those movies probably cost to make. I have mean, you I seen know one of those movies? It's, it's like ten bucks. And, it's you know some dude with After Effects Look, and Adobe Premiere. But I don't Casper, even think they make enough Casper, to pay for an Adobe right. CC license. <laughs> Casper Van Dien and Lou Ferrigno is in this movie, right? Uh, which one? Avengers Grim. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the star power alone. But <clears throat> the stars are people named Lauren Parkinson, Mara Fairclaw, Christina Licciardi. Like it's not people. It's not people that are costing the asylum a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Kimo Leopoldo Kim- as the wolf. Kimo <laughs> Leopoldo. And it's, it's just I don't know. It's just a great. It's a whole great thing. But I I agree with Brian. But I I I don't understand where Asylum keeps getting money. It would never yeah. surprise me if you were just like. They're they're done. They can't so make maybe, more. Maybe they're maybe they're. I'm watching a lot of uh, uh, Ozarks. Maybe they're just laundering money. Maybe yeah, it could whole. be. No, I wonder about that. Maybe they're just like a, yeah. a, a a dark arm of the porn industry or something. They're like, right. it's being. <laughs> we gotta filter this money for something to fund. Yeah. Fund their adventures. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> sometimes they're not commercially released because I'd love to be able to look on Box Office Mojo and see. How much right. Avengers Grimm made? Yeah, yeah, like seventeen dollars. Yeah, <laughs> that's right, exactly. Couple of tickets, but aren't you glad they exist? Yeah. Like, I'm glad they exist. I don't want a world where they don't exist. Like, right. I know I realize yeah. that you know they could go away and it doesn't really impact anybody, but the fact that they're making things like Transmorphers is just funny to me. <laughs> and I think they should exist. So stick around. It's funny that Lou Ferrigno uh, is in Avengers and then also in, I mean, is in Avengers Grimm, but also does. The voice of hulk yeah or the body of hulk right like he's the wait well he... i mean the tv show he was the body of hulk but i'm talking about like in the more recent avengers movies he's the he he's is? the voice when yeah i didn't know that you know is that yeah, true a... i had no idea lou ferrigno yeah, did yeah, any voice stuff the, he does the, the the grunts and the exactly i had no idea he's still <laughs> he's still a really good looking man at his age. And you know who else is really good looking? Brad Pitt. Yeah. <laughs> Are you trying to circle oh, us back to this? Yeah. Brad Pitt is a good looking guy in uh, the movie Seven by David Fincher. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the great directors, I think, ever to ever to pick up a camera. Uh, so let's talk about it. The David Fincher film Seven, a film I have a very uh, intimate relationship Sweet. with, it turns out. Because um, <laughs> when my wife was pregnant with our first child... Uh, this I saw this movie on uh, DVD, I believe. Possibly, it may have been VHS. I don't remember, uh, but I think DVD. And um, it was uh, the ending was so shocking to me. And we're gonna we're not treating anything in this story as, as spoilers. Everybody, Seven's a very old movie. If you don't know what happened, then I can't help you. But ninety five. Uh, the it fact be, that it would it would be pretty good idea though. Like if you really like movies and you haven't seen it, to watch it before listening to yeah, us. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. It's yeah. It's a it's a movie with a lot of twists and turns. This was my first time watching it. Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah. oh wow. I can't wait okay, to well, talk about that. Hold on, let's got finish his story because I need to get to that. All right, yeah. So here's the big finish on that story. So we watched it. We I I thought it was great. I love a good you know serial killer crime uh, thriller thing. That's great. 
all in on all of it until we get to the end and we realize that it's uh, and by the way pause if you're listening and you don't want to hear spoilers okay so uh gwyneth paltrow's it's her head in the box Wait, well, sure? we don't know for sure. Well, could be the baby. Yeah. Okay, could be her. Fair enough, foot? but probably not. Uh, there's a little, no, no, no. there's no, little there's a, blonde wispy hairs frame. and stuff, right? There's a no, 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 not a blonde wispy hair. We actually see like there's a couple frames of film where you see Gwyneth's head. No. Um, yeah. Oh, totally. It's oh. like you can even see it in the Netflix uh, transfer. Hold on. Like a, I don't think like so. A, Did you actually see a head? I see. I saw a little bit of hair, but you know, she could have hobbit feet. I'm not sure. Um, Maybe it could be the baby. The... Could be the actual baby itself. I'm looking. I, I'm just. I don't remember this. That's one thing about seven. I I had forgotten about. I was going in thinking, oh, the kids can't watch this because it's so gory. Mm-hmm. But actually, once I started watching it, I'm like, it's kind of gross in parts, but most of it was the way they painted it because they would show you a scene. And then they would get verbally descriptive about the scene. And they would always kind of have you peering out the corner of your eye from the camera. Mm. And so there wasn't as much actual on-screen gore. That's why it's worse. That's why it's worse. It's because it's, it makes your yeah, imagination, imagination go. And this is why. So here's where my story goes. Well, while, while uh, is looking up that headshot, because I want to see it too. I don't remember seeing it. But um, when this happened, uh, it all hit me at once. I went, okay, well, so hold on a minute. He stayed with her and tortured her for a while. Mm-hmm. She's pregnant. She's the nicest person in this movie. Yeah. Um, the she's only the joy. only woman. She's the only woman. She is now, uh, he shows up at the place with blood all over himself. That's her blood. Um, he's, he's the final victim because she's the second to last victim. Okay, now that mm-hmm. kicks in. And the idea of beheading a pregnant woman and putting her head on the box to drive Brad Pitt mad and have him shoot him was so abstainable to me. I was so upset mm-hmm. by that. And and this just shows how effective this movie is, I think, or at least it was at the time. Uh, it just got me in the worst way. When that movie's credits started rolling, I took the right. DVD out of the player, went outside, it was in the winter, and I threw it in the snow. I was so angry. I was so freaking yeah. pissed at that movie. And it took me a long time to see it the second time. This is my third Any, viewing. And you know what? Because you did that, John Doe won. I know he did, right? right? Exactly. But any movie he that had can the upper hand. You, yeah. any movie that can make you leave the theater or throw something out in the yard, mm-hmm. that to me is an effective movie. It's I very mean, effective. You an, you're not wrong. If you're having a movie that ends like that, it's like, holy Moses. No, you're not works. you're not wrong. And part of it is Brad Pitt's performance. I think yeah. he's incredible in that moment. And it's one of the most memorable things I've ever seen in a movie, and it's 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 still shocking, but it's both laugh worthy and also extremely dramatic. It's something you can so, meme, and then but also a respect for its for its drama. Absolutely, it's like right. it's both those things, and it's and it's sure. really something, man. Oh, but the first time, I'll, it, it's really one of those moments. I was I was sure that I had just seen the worst thing I could see, and it stopped being a movie at that point. It started being like weirdly threatening like it's just because right. I, I all these father like genes kicked in and i just i couldn't deal with it and uh it took me a long time to get over that <laughs> what, really what, what got me here in this movie is two things the uh the david fincher just had an amazing eye for how to direct this movie and what he wanted to show on screen and he got he, you know he got a great cinematographer uh who just made some great classic framing shots and just 
mm-hmm. it just seemed like all the way through the movie, they just kept pulling me deeper and deeper in to the emotions that they wanted to give me, and they nailed it. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. even after all these years and seeing the movie multiple times, every time I watch it, it's just like this movie just pulls me straight in. I don't I don't look at my phone. I don't look at any distractions. I am just it just slowly you just sink into it yep it's a movie that makes you feel like you've got to wash your hands constantly absolutely just the look and feel (laughs) of it is very grimy Mm. and everything's dripping and wet and set design was freaking amazing they like i said fincher's ability to hire the right people and to express his vision and to get all this on film i Mm -hmm. well listen to this there's a there's a process they used uh, it says here, the film's brooding dark look was achieved through a chemical process called bleach bypass, wherein the silver of the film stock was not removed, which in turn deepened the dark, shadowy images of the film and increased its overall tonal quality. So, you know, today they do this with like, you know, filters and uh, Premiere or something. But back right. then they would it was literally like a chemical process on the on the negative to turn it uh, to make it darker, make it grittier and grimier. And I think that stuff holds up like. Oh, all of it holds up. It, it, it all does not look over processed. It just dude. looks yeah. good. Yeah. Our cinematographer here is a very highly regarded Iranian filmmaker named Darius Kanji. Mm. The same year as Seven, he was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Cinematography for the Madonna movie Evita, which looks very similar to this movie. Oh, interesting. Beautiful. I don't think mm. I've ever seen that one. That We may have to do that one day. Because Don't genius. Cry For Me Argentina was a thing I would sing for no reason to people to annoy them but i never saw the movie that all that was in mm-hmm. but i would always go don't cry for me Argentina. <laughs> he also my, did alien resurrection oh that's cool my, oh really yeah. okay my only which also com- starred the dude who uh was the the um uh massage parlor oh yeah the, not dude. The, he was a massage parlor. I don't, was there a massage parlor? Well, you know, not a massage parlor. He, well, he was a leather worker, right? Well, whatever that, was that no, no, dude. No, not leather, the leather, leather knife worker. No, no, no. The guy who actually wore it. Yeah. The guy oh, that wore okay. the winter yeah, thing. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, you're right. The hyperventilating right. guy that was freaking yeah. out. Oh, that yeah. guy, dude. There's a piece of trivia about it. that guy. It says here, uh, in preparation for his dramatic scene in the interrogation room, Leland Orzer, is the name of that actor, would breathe in and out so rapidly... Uh, so that his body would be oversaturated with oxygen, giving him the ability to hyperventilate. He also did not sleep for a few days in order to achieve his character's disoriented and pale look. So, yeah, that guy, that guy method, got into man. it, man. Right he, did it. he totally did. It's, it's not Method Man, I promise. You. <laughs> <laughs> I don't use Method Man. Comma, man. Um, in, our, uh, in our Discord, I've posted uh, the screenshot, you know, the freeze frame of what they show in that brief... You know, flash of uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's head. It's no, her that's not her head. That's him having a flashback, thinking about her. It, is. The it, really it is. totally could be because there's yeah, no blood he... or anything. But no, it also he... could be yeah. her head in a box with linen around it to keep uh, it from rolling no, around. That's not. But I see what you mean. But no, that was he actually he saw that which he not did not see in the box. So either well, in sure did it. they. Do they show that flash as we're looking at Brad Pitt, or as yes. we're looking at no, no. Uh, okay. when we're looking at when we're looking at Brad Pitt when he starts squeezing his eyes as tight as he can, and he's yeah. having these white yeah, flashes. He's thinking about her brain. laying next to him, and you know, yeah, his yeah. life yeah. is flashing before his eyes in a, in a very real way because well, it's starting right. to dawn on him. Any case, that it's is a, Paltrow's head on the that screen. is a real, but that, no, that has a really good. Uh, uh, that is really good because you did he he made you put her head in that box mm-hmm. with that. 
imagery. No, yeah, no, I agree. So I actually think it's very effective in that way. Also, yeah. just for the record, um, I don't know if anyone's seen Shakespeare in Love or any of the Avengers movies, uh, but Gwyneth Paltrow's head is often shown in these films. <laughs> I just want to uh-huh. yep. put that true. out there. This is true, yeah. Steve Good Zizou, point. all that stuff. Or no, that wasn't her movie. Or what, Who am I thinking of? Didn't we see her? In, oh, no, I'm thinking of the Royal Tannenbaums. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Right. Point yes. is, she's. Uh, this is just a bummer, man. Like what? Where that character goes, uh, 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 that being John Doe, and how that is right. all getting resolved, is unlike anything I'd ever seen, and almost didn't happen because the studio is like New Line was like, look, this is too rough. We can't have this as the ending. They balked at the film's ending. Said you've got to come up with something else. Brad Pitt takes this hardcore stand and says. I refuse to be in this movie. I pull out everything. I cancel the contract. I don't have anything to do with this movie. And I ream you guys up and down in the public. If the ending is changed, do not change what we're doing with the ending. And they, they relented and didn't change it. But it goes to Brian Dunaway's point. What makes this ending so powerful, and I think most of the stuff in the movie, isn't that it's overtly gory, because it really isn't. It's not even overtly no, gross. Never, it's, the only murder you ever see is Brad Pitt killing John Doe. Yeah. And it's only implied otherwise. Everything else is implication and aftermath. And that's so effective. It's like cutting the ear off the guy in Reservoir Dogs while the camera's somewhere else. Like, it's just so much better than showing me what it looks like to have an ear cut off. It's such a smart film thing. The only real truly disturbing scene uh, was when uh, Sloth... suddenly takes right. in a breath of air that's oh, e- right. even though i had totally forgotten about sloth because i'm so hung seemed like when i left the movie all i can remember Baby was Ruth. yeah all i can remember was gluttony it's like oh i got gluttony guy oh that was gross but really then i kind of let, forgot about sloth and then sloth or yeah baby ruth absolutely yeah. Got it, it would be great if, if that would instead of just taking in a big right. gasp of air just said, Baby Ruth. <laughs> i i just want to disagree with really, you mm. that that was not the only truly gory scene in oh, the film. Like, it was like there were so many disturbing things in this movie. Well, like, disturbing. And, and the sure. first time, like for some reason, I, I, and I was kind of lost at the beginning. Not lost. I was not highly entertained at the beginning because mm-hmm. it jumps in sequence into an investigation, mm-hmm. and the I think the point they're going for there is to give you an idea of Morgan Freeman's character before Brad Pitt. Just the fastest we can give you an idea that this person exists and has a life before Brad Pitt comes along. And right. in, in in there, he's like investigating a crime and he asks, did the kids see it? And someone just someone is just an asshole to him in that moment. And I was just like, what? You know, like this movie doesn't set me in the right frame for Morgan Freeman and character and it never gets it never gets there like it never actually yeah. explains what's troubling him so much it gives you he's troubled he can't sleep without a metronome blah 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 mm-hmm. but it just depicts all of those things and it's supposed to put you off you're supposed to be like i you know like i feel uh, uh, uneasy the entire movie you're supposed to feel uneasy but yeah. then the first time they go in and and they see gluttony it's like oh this is a really gory movie. Like there should be a, a movie rating that's like you can't watch it until you're like at least twenty five. This is the movie <laughs> that like it was. It's horrible to to see, and I'm kind of glad I didn't see it in the nineties because mm. I would have just been I, I would have been incorrigible. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I I don't think that, I think that's a fair thing to say. 
I mean, his character was never, it was always kind of tightly held. He never really let himself out and never really sort of expressed where he was coming from. But I always assumed it was like, look, you've had a long career in this nasty city. Which, did they ever say what city? Is it no. New York? Or no. They never they, say what city it is. They mm. go out of their way to never say. They even say, at one ever? point, Gwyneth <laughs> Paltrow says upstate, and I thought that was fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if she says upstate, then they're probably, that's why I guess I assume New York. But the the idea that they're just in the worst borough or wherever they're at, dealing with the worst possible criminals, it it works for me, uh, even if it feels a little like a place out of time or, you know, I don't know, if it didn't, like maybe not even a real place, but it's got this just great rhythm of old guy, sick of it, worn out, I'm out of here, new guy, still, still uh, eager and hungry to make a mark. Mm-hmm. That conflict is interesting, and then to have them have to work together later, and then in the very end, really what you end up with is almost like a father son problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, as soon as the box arrives, it's like, Oh my gosh. I, and also knowing what he knows that she was right. pregnant. She's the only one he had, she's only confided right. that in Morgan Freeman at that lunch. Like, Oh, see, this is why it upset me so bad because just like in other parts, like Dunaway was saying where they don't show the thing happening. It's not gory. It's just in your head. Mm-hmm. This yeah, is you're visualizing worse. all that stuff that that she went through. Oh, just the trauma yeah. she would have gone through for from from the minute he came to her door to the minute he left with her head right, is right. is so upsetting. No, and, oh my gosh! And there is there is a a play that we never get an answer to. Morgan Freeman was very specific that if you do decide to not keep the baby, uh, then don't tell him. Um, and so we we wait for that moment for her to express it. So we're trying to wait. We're kind of waiting on the fate of the child uh, during the movie. And but, there's a scene when they're both shaving their chest in the in the sink, which is exactly yeah. what all policemen do. How are you doing? <laughs> they they need to put on the sink. wire. Yeah, just right. But we got to. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Brad Pitt wants to tell tell him something so bad, but he won't do it. And I'm like, well, and does you got to realize that that was. That was the day before she hmm. gets killed, and it's like that was the day of the day of because he yeah. no, 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 the discussion between Morgan Freeman and Gwyneth Paltrow right. was the day before oh, she right. gets oh, killed. Right, right, right. And so there wasn't enough time for anything to have happened or have been decided. Mm-hmm. Right. The only thing there is Morgan Freeman's character finds out that there's a pregnancy, and Brad Pitt's character doesn't know about. It. That's it. Like mm-hmm. it could have been a much more uh, subtle, like. Oh wow! Did she go get an abortion before she got killed? Kind of, but there just isn't time for that. No, mm-hmm. no, not enough time. Yeah, I, no. I agree. And now, there was only one opportunity for them to discuss it, and that's when he came home. And I, I, I also feel like that was meant to escalate it to the point. It's like, oh, regret, regret. You didn't get a chance to. You just never know when you're going to die. And there's a lot of layers there. Yeah, for sure. Sk- the, the timing is the weird thing. So, all right. So uh, John Doe goes to uh, Detective Mills' house. Meets up with Gwyneth, tortures her probably, kills her, cuts off her head, gets blood all over his shirt and, and all over the place. Mm-hmm. Puts the head in a box. Yeah. He's still bloody when he shows up at the police station. Yep. So yeah. the order of events means he still he has to show up at UPS or whatever yeah. delivery service covered yep. with blood. <laughs> this like they, may have done a, they may have done I know a pickup. opening, that was, but it's... That was you know, I want to suggest that we don't try too hard to unravel plot holes <laughs> because... <laughs> The movie has plot holes, and I, I mean, yeah. so does the game. 
Uh, I, uh, having seen the game several times before seeing Seven, I'm here to say I actually like the game more in David Fincher's. Oh, list. you're insane, but that's uh, okay. I still love you, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's okay. It's, uh, but as long as it's but, only a little bit more. <laughs> but this movie, this this movie, if you if you get into why would a detective even open the box? He 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 would assume it's a bomb or something oh, like yeah. that. He would feel endangered. He would run away from that. Like right. it's just like as soon as you start trying to unravel plot holes, this movie falls apart. So just don't. It's well, better. It's better to just take it as, at face value. But you could also, you could also. I mean, this part. That's the thing. It's so much, so much is face value, and you're expected to fill in the blanks. I, I feel the same way about even stuff like that. It's like, well, he put on an overcoat and a pair of gloves and took it in, and then took that all off, so he still well, had his blood, or he, or he had yeah. it picked up because that service offered a pickup service, or. You know, like you could go true. anywhere with it. They, well, and and it's also part of the the story as well. They they talk about uh, things you get used to and that you no longer notice. And you know, did, was he able to go? Was that the point? Was he able to go in, have a package delivered with blood on his shirt, take a taxi cab back to the uh, to the police station <laughs> with blood on his shirt, walk into the police station, walk all the way halfway through the building yeah, before, the and then yeah. scream. Uh, fire because no one was looking at him. Mm-hmm. Couldn't rape was it was pointless. Was, so he yelled I fire. Thought, I thought so, that was really effective. Yeah, like that really got me thinking. Oh yeah, That's a in a big scene. city, yeah. there's ugly, crazy, dirty people everywhere, and you just walk past them and don't look. You're so and, desensitized to it. Yeah, yeah, and and for Kevin Spacey to get attention, he has to scream. Like that actually worked for me. Yeah. I was okay yeah. with it. Yeah, detective, yeah. detective, okay. detective. And he might have been wearing a trench coat and gloves like right through the taxi cab and right up until he got into the police station. Yeah, all those things are possible, but that's a really, <laughs> that scene is famous for just being like, Oh my gosh, it's, it's him. Oh my gosh. And he does that final yell. It's just like something else. It really grabs you. So, so yeah, yeah like a hundred percent, it's very effective. And immediately you go, Oh my gosh, what did he do? We know there's two more victims. Yeah. Where's he been? And of course our mind is supposed to suspect it's like, Oh, there's going to be two more victims. Well, obviously the, you know, the, the tension is ratcheted up because we got the two police officers and they're going out to a field it's going to be them. You just yeah. know it. He's smart. He's already proven that he can out, you know, outwit them and yeah, out. He's be always physical. like multiple steps ahead of them. Yeah. So, um, it feels like you're, you're as a smart guy though, John Doe is leaving a lot up to yes. a delivery service that, yes. um, I mean, that basically cut everything kind of hinges on that. Otherwise they're all sitting there. Well, uh, I just got a notification on my phone. It's going to be in half, about half an hour yeah. late. Do you mind if we yeah. just kind of hang out here next to the dead dog and, and just kind Sweet. of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I feel like they, uh, mm, they just, they, you know what it is? The music drives it. It's Howard Shore, right? Oh, the did the music? So I think it's yeah. Howard Shore. He did this score right. stuff anyway. Um, and it's funny. I was thinking in the middle of this thing, and I thought of Vivid, of course, every time music stuff comes up. But the Nine Inch Nails connection at the beginning with that cool remix yeah. of uh, whatever that song is Closer. called. Closer. Closer, which is great. Uh, for yeah, yeah where you only, you only barely in. hear Reznor's voice in that, except at the very end of the, yeah. the credit sequence, which is so good. Yeah, it's really cool. Really, and I, and I you thought, do hear all of Trent Reznor's favorite weird sounds. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All of his favorite <laughs> weird sounds. But he, but I thought, well, this must be their first collaboration, because nowadays, they're inseparable. Mm-hmm. Everything right. they do, he's doing full scores for. But this Howard Shore score, uh, back to my point, is very just like... It's like ratchet up the 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 tension in every scene that he's cranking it in, and that I think is underappreciated for what this movie like. The movie's impact is absolutely contained within the Howard Shore 
sound mm-hmm. uh, uh, and see, theme. For me, the where the movie really hits its musical note, so to speak, right. is when it plays that uh, Johann Sebastian Bach uh, ah. suite. That was that beautiful. Was, because right. it goes on forever. It's like... Yeah. It's like, oh, Library, this is uh, yeah. this is a, a ten minute song. Let's play the whole thing, mm-hmm. and it, like that. That's for me is the is the music of the movie because it it is supposed to take you into Morgan Freeman's character as an old school real uh, intellectual detective, and it does. Like I really get there, and I really s- get to sense all of his feelings. You know, mm-hmm. it also reminded me that the internet would have really helped everybody in this movie. Oh my gosh, it would change. <laughs> everything right but didn't you ask yourself why would he go rent why would he go check these books out the library that surely they would be able to track him back i mean just from looking at the library cards not even going some kind of weird flag database that they Mm -hmm. you know say that that you know for they're watching or whatever i mean i I just thought it was gonna go to the library and look at the library cards go oh look this checked out by uh john doe in 1996 In 1996, I was spending a lot of time in libraries, and I can tell you, they didn't—they didn't get—they didn't, get, didn't get rid of those paper cards until like 2005. Right, and they showed them. They showed them in the in the actual when he was scanning a copy, and so I know it was there. But yeah, it was that was that was a long stretch for me on that part. But I liked it. I it liked was, that all. It bit. was it was fun. Yeah. It was fun being paranoid, thinking, oh yeah. no. All I could think about though was like, man, if you guys just had a little bit of internet access, you would have right. had. You wouldn't have to Do go you know to the how, damn library. I, I was about would not to, have thought it was Marquis de Chardet if they had the internet. Right. right? <laughs> I was about to. I was. I was. I was really noticed the difference in how things have changed when they were having their dinner, uh, when it was you know Brad Pitt, yes, and Gwyneth Paltrow and. In Morgan Freeman, when they were having that dinner, I was like, wow, that is so isolated. Just three people. There's no news on the TV blaring. People aren't checking their cell phones. <laughs> They're just staring at each other. Mm-hmm. And, I was a little you know, I was a little annoyed by the uh shaking of the elevated train going through. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because it that what was depicted was like a category six earthquake. <laughs> yeah, <it was> pretty <laughs> like what was depicted sure. what was depicted was like if that happened in your home 50 times a day your home would eventually be shaken into rubble yeah right. exactly Agreed. Yes. Agreed. but it made the, yeah. that great scene later where they're doing some research there after dinner and yes. they both are just casually holding things that would normally yes. be falling yes <laughs> right like they the movie the isn't hand on the wine glass and yeah. the, the movie isn't 100% afraid to have a little bit of comedy in there even though it's subtle yeah. and small but I, I have never it. seen Morgan Freeman <laughs> embrace a laugh as much as he did. Yeah, I have never yeah. seen him laugh like that. That was fantastic. It's a it's a, dis- it's a disturbing uh, laugh face. You know, some yes. people have ugly cry face. He has right. weird laugh face. Yeah, he went too far. Yeah, I didn't expect it. In fact, when I captured it, I think I even named the file something like well, "Who's ever heard this before?" This is like, yeah, whoa, you're showing the us penguins something. Would begin their slow march across the air. Stupid penguins. Yeah, like that's that's super weird, and I and I grabbed it, so we'll be able to discuss it later. But um, yeah, he he's just he's so this is Morgan Freeman at his Morgan Freemanist, I think. Yeah, and I like it. Like any minute, then I expected him to talk about climbing through three hundred miles of shit and coming out clean yeah, on the other side. Yeah, he, he did. Play that father, that that un unpredictable father role, or not unpredictable, but no, that it, unnatural father role, like mm-hmm. it's. It's like the he was same, with Dufresne, like he is with, in, with in Detective Mills. Million Dollar Baby, Driving Miss Daisy, uh, in, in the Always Dark Knight movies. the white folks out. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> the white folks. Yeah, always helping the white folks. No, he. you're right. It's the same guy. And in the end of the day, when we're done with his career, uh, we may all look back to him and go, you know, every character is kind of the same. And that's okay oh, with but, me. I'm but fine with it. it. But that's okay. You know what? Sometimes if it, during uh, during the phase of someone doing something, we, we we gripe about it. It's like, oh, I've seen it too much. I've seen it too much. But the further you get away from that moment in time, the more you realize, man, I wish we had even more of mm-hmm. that to look back on. And it seems like uh, it seems like we have, there is a lot. Different. Like like give me your give me your best Morgan Freeman moment in all Morgan Freeman movies. Don't away. Uh, that's a I tough know, one. I know. Because I like I like a lot of them. Scott loves him talking about Andy Dufresne in third person. I we're, think we're, his well, his yeah. whole his entire thing in Shawshank is probably my favorite thing he ever did. But right, yeah, yeah. You right. got uh, got one. Uh, Ibbit, you got, you got a Morgan Freeman moment in all movies. I'm. It's hard not to put Shawshank as the best one. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at I'm taking a look really quickly at other things that. Uh, that that he's done i mean god how awesome would it have been if easy reader had all those uh those journals to read all of john doe's journals <laughs> right yeah dude. Yep. Your company. that'd be great um i gotta I really say like the whole uh uh what was the jim carrey god uh oh, yeah. Bruce yeah. almighty Bruce almighty. Yeah. Bruce almighty yeah that was pretty late. i'm gonna go oh, with unforgiven uh, was good yeah unforgiven was great he was really good in that i mean he's just i think he's great i think when he i think when he was I think his uh, his presence on some of all fears really oh yeah amped up uh, mm. what was being shown on screen. That is Without such it, an I think, underrated film. Yeah, mm. so I I think I'm gonna go with if if I can't have the Shawshank, I'm gonna take the sum of all. Fears. Yeah, if you've planted your flag in Shawshank, it's hard to find another one that I liked right. as much as that because his uh, the the stuff that he adds on the side like uh the uh, president in deep impact i'm looking through oh, yeah. some of these things like remembering oh yeah he was great i mean the um the Crichton, uh not Crichton. was it Crichton? the along the along came a spider the alex cross and all those oh not Crichton, not no, Crichton that but i know who you mean well, the one the yeah. ones with the the, the judd girl what's her name uh ashley, yes, judd. ashley judd well it's, i mean she was in one of them but he was in good morning uh, he's the he girls played, alex cross for a couple movies didn't he uh yes yes did he i don't remember yeah i don't remember um well my favorite was when he was on the electric company yeah electric company remember was pretty when he good played, remember James when he played Patterson spider-man so I'm thinking he wasn't spider-man dude <laughs> he was never <laughs> spider-man that was totally him he was no. totally in the spider-man costume well, he may don't have, tell me that he may have been but i don't think that was what on electric company yeah, yeah. i don't think it no, was because him there was there. a point where, where uh easy reader and spider-man worked together so yeah no way no way could it have been him yeah that was that was that was film trickery my don't, friend don't mess <laughs> don't mess with ibbit's under, uh, remembrances and understandings of all That's things right. electric i watched a little bit of sesame street but man i was all about the funk and the soul yeah of uh, electric company yeah it's a fun right. piece of screaming hey you guys <laughs> here's a fun piece of trivia yeah how many alex cross books has james patterson written no, just one guess. too many just guess uh um, oh man i was reading these for a while i'm gonna say at least 10 probably you're, cor- like you're correct at least wow. 10 oh, yeah. at least <laughs> it's probably okay i'm gonna go so far to say 20 of them but he's but somebody else is writing them now isn't isn't uh oh no 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 he just put out a new one this year wow it's called Target it totally Alex Cross. Somebody? Oh, really? Okay. Nope. Then I'm going to say 20. <laughs> <laughs> so the answer is, believe it or not, 27. 
Oh, Alex my. Cross books. Wow. I've probably read four. I haven't read yeah, any of them. I think I've them. read about four of them. Yeah. Uh, it, that's 24 mainline Alex Cross books and three that uh, reference Alex Cross extensively. And it's like, what? wow, how is that not like a James Bondian film series? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's because they haven't done so well, unfortunately. The, you know, the, yeah. um, they did the two or three with Morgan Freeman, and then they tried bringing it back with Tyler uh, Perry. Tyler mm-hmm. Perry, but just one, just one movie with Tyler Perry, and that was the one that was just called Alex Cross, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... I kind of. When I was reading them, I always needed Alex Cross to be like like Luke Cage looking, mm-hmm. and so Morgan Freeman was like, "Oh, this is a different take on Alex Cross than I had in my head," and that kind of was a little off putting. Mm. I never read any of that stuff, so I have no, I have no connection to that character. I don't know a thing about it, and I haven't seen. Well, any of Morgan the Alex Freeman Cross is fantastic, and I'll tell you what my favorite moment of Morgan Freeman is, yeah. and that's that's his great line in The Dark Knight mm. when he says, "Let me get this straight: you think your client, one of the wealthiest and most powerful men in the world, is secretly a vigilante who spends his night beating criminals to a pulp with his bare hands?" And your plan is to blackmail this person? <laughs> his delivery, his everything. Like, he is just like, there is no person in the world that I would have wanted in that spot, in that moment, than yeah, Morgan Freeman. He was great. Sure. He was the perfect, uh, what's his character's name? Shoot. Uh, Lucius Fox. Lucius Fox, Lucius. yeah. He's yeah. Per- he, was, he was a perfect casting for that. Uh, no question yeah, uh, the, There have been the recent movies, the magic ones, uh, Now You See Me and Now You See Me Too. Yeah. Thinking about those, he is one of the best parts of those movies. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's but great. That's not saying a lot. I've been gonna say that's not saying much because. Right. Mm, eh. But yeah. you've got Ruffalo. You've got uh, Morgan. It's not Freeman. that I didn't like the movies. They just, mm-hmm. uh, they just kind of fell flat for me. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I understand. I don't know he's... for something that's supposed to be magic and supposed to be blowing me away. Yeah. Kind of went me. Yeah. You you felt like it was supposed to be blowing you away. You thought that was a thing. I did. I felt like there's a little bit too much hand waving. Mm. In a show about magicians. You guys tell me if this sounds like uh, a real deal or not. Denzel Washington turned down the part that went to Brad Pitt, telling Entertainment yes. Weekly that the film was too dark and evil. Washington later regretted his decision upon seeing the screening. Does that sound real? Believe it. Okay. That's Believe real. That. I think that's real. Okay. Mm-hmm. I could totally see what's him in that. What's in the box? Yeah, what? Wait, how would he say it? <laughs> I don't know. Give, give us a Denzel. How do you do a Denzel? <laughs> I don't know if I could do it. I've never tried to do a Denzel. I don't know All how right. you do. What is it? How do you do it? Yeah. It's a uh, there's a little bit of a swagger. Yes, exactly. Yeah. There's the swagger, and then there's the. Uh, <laughs> no, that devolves into Will Smith for me. Yeah, ah, that's in the box. Imagine if it had been Will Smith. That would have been really. Oh, I can just now that he is antsy enough. See the, what you, what you need for yeah. that character. You need an antsy character. Yeah, Brad yeah. Pitt played, and, played that really well. Yeah. Will Smith also is really good. And let me come to one of my first timer complaints about this movie. I wrote several. Uh. First timer complaint. I don't understand what Brad Pitt's condition is. I the yeah. movie like if the movie would just give me a consistent he's manic depressive or he's got anger management issues or whatever like I could have gone with it but he is the most uneven character I've seen in a while and I just don't feel like he's ever depicted consistently. Mm. Do you think Intention- it's condition, intentionally? Or do you think it's just the like a just a character trait. I didn't I didn't see it as like Wow, he uh, needs to be diagnosed. Or I felt like it was. To, you I have like it was to give me. You have to give me personality reasons for him to be able to pull the trigger at the end, and you and you don't want to just get there all at once and be like, 
well, look at look at how mad you would be if you found out about that. No, he needs to be an angry person. He needs to be impulsive and so on throughout the film. For, he's, for, a, he's a loose cannon. For that impact. And it's just like, there's times when you're just like, oh, I like this guy. I, I identify with him. And then there's times when he flies off the handle and you're all, whoa, where'd that come from? And mm. it just it just wasn't depicted in a way that I was able to attach to it. I constantly was questioning, what what's going on with his personality? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I never felt that way with him. I feel like he's he's doing it's it's kind of an extension of his role in in um what's the monkeys one with uh, twelve monkeys twelve monkeys <laughs> what's yeah. the monkeys one? It's the um, one plus five. Yeah, the one plus five. Which, yeah, boy, movies uh, with numbers in the title that aren't like sequel numbers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's done more of those, uh, Bruce Willis or Brad Pitt? Because Brad Pitt oh. was in Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, and Thirteen, and yeah, I know there's sequels, but it wasn't like. Ocean's Eleven Two and Ocean's Eleven Three, right, uh, right. Twelve Monkeys. Uh, uh, I'll tell you who's done more of them: Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, Dwayne Johnson, and Tyrese Gibson. <laughs> I still have done say the most of them. Fifth yeah. Element, uh, Twelve Monkeys. Right. Uh, you know, for Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna seriously. Uh, uh, Twenty years from now, we're gonna be talking about Fast Seventeen, Furious Seventeen, or something. <laughs> Yeah, that that series will continue to happen as long as people continue to go. I don't know. I think it yeah. has a shelf life, though. At some point, you you kind of run your course. They, do, they need to have the last one, right? Like, wouldn't you wouldn't you enjoy the cultural event of knowing here's the final Fast and Furious movie ever? I thought they had the last one, oh, and then no, they said, "Just no. kidding." Didn't they pretend no, like they were going to do the last one? As long one? as they make money, they will like, always be a Fast and Furious. Mm. I, I don't know that I agree with that, but like six years ago, the people who owned the property were like, we have plans for 10 movies. And it's like, okay, mm. all right, keep them coming. Yeah, keep going. Hurry up, because Vin Diesel, he's going to start looking like Job of the Hutt soon. You got to hurry up. <laughs> starting to look a little funky, that, that guy. so not nice. So of the murders... This is something we got to ask because this is what we do during horror movies. May as well apply it to our uh, our thrillers, uh, which which is what you'd call this, right? What what is what genre right. are we in here? What is this crime thriller? Oh, absolutely a thriller. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah thriller. Uh, you know, seven deadly sins. Crime de- <laughs> crime thriller. I'd say. Yeah, I'd, I wouldn't call it horror. I'd say it's a thriller. Right, I would and too. It borderlines. It borderlines. Yeah. Right, it, and it almost borderlines supernatural. Uh, it it plays with the supernatural. A, a little bit. I mean, it's just, it's really just Spacey's character who thinks he's got that all figured out, but it's not like they're, you know, there's no actual supernatural anything happening. He's just a freak. Mm-hmm. It's um, a, and it's got some mystery thrown in. Like sure. there's, there's crime, thriller, and mystery. Sure. So of the, uh, uh, the murders, and I'm, and I'm, I'm keeping Gwyneth Paltrow out of this because F that still sucks. <laughs> I don't even I'm not even that <laughs> not even that big of a fan. I just the implications are so rot oh, just so rotten, man. Right. My gosh. But uh so I'm not counting her, That's but of everybody the everybody else I'm, I'm giving it to the I'm giving it to sloth or not uh, yeah, sloth. Because sloth is to me the Again, they paint that picture without showing it a year in that bed. Yes, yeah, that's that's the mm. most tortured. Absolutely. That's yeah. the longest yeah. amount of pain that really got me. Ugh. But the most I mean the the one that it's just horrifying to think about is both the experience for the the dude and the hooker in that right. oh my gosh uh, dude sex parlor with the vagina, the, yeah, the vagina stabbing yeah. Yeah. i'd oh. say no you're going to have to shoot me i'm sorry i'm not going to do this that's what i thought too because i was like i was trying to to generate sympathy for the guy but i'm like even if somebody had a gun in yeah. my mouth yep 
No, I'm there's no sympathy okay, for that guy. I'm just dead. There's yeah. no sympathy for that guy. That guy is married to uh, Gene Triplehorn. Oh, really? From wow. Waterworld. Yeah. From Waterworld, really? So he had yeah. something to live for. That's a- <laughs> <laughs> I might change my answer now. No, that actor is, I find that actor very interesting. He's yeah. always just a little off, off the whack, and it's fun to watch him. Off the whack. Yeah. But he, but, but yeah, like that's, oh man. Just yeah, the implications most, most of every one of these characters. Most interesting character in this movie for me is Arlie Ermy as the police captain. Oh, right. Yeah, we haven't <laughs> even brought him up. About yeah. Arlie Ermy. Yeah. 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 He's, and he's interesting to me because he acts as a sounding board, not a captain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that fascinates me. That I just, I'm, I'm fascinated by the idea of this guy who is observing all of this and sometimes interacting with it. But generally speaking, he stays at the police station and he just, he just gets things bounced off of him. But he, he, man, Arlie Ermy was so great. Rest in peace, man. You were just like mm-hmm. I couldn't take my eyes off of him. I, I was questioning whether those eyebrows were real or fake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the only thing that bothered those. me mm-hmm. with, uh, and it wasn't his character's fault, but he was he was leading the scene that I hate. Mm-hmm. I hate the walking plan. Don't give me the walking plan. I don't like it. Really? When they're all walking down. They're all walking down the steps, and they're still planning. Oh, they, you know right. what? They're on their Before way they depart, to do the thing, and they're coming the thing. Plan. Can and you? They're right. co- and they're covering, and they're covering all the specific details. And I'm like, what? I can't hear. Yeah, but yeah. that's it's a common thing. Cool. You, you bet. I'll bet you yeah. couldn't watch a single five minutes of the West Wing. It would kill that you. Exactly. That's, that's, that's a Sorkin trademark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very Sorkin. Let's plan this on the all way. We're record. so we're so busy. We got to plan this on the way. Come on, <laughs> let's walk. Awesome. You know, like there's tons of there's tons of reality where police. Uh, sit in a classroom and wait right. to get instructions, yeah. and that just makes bad film. That that's who would want to watch that? Mm. Mm-hmm. Nobody. That's me. it. That's the answer. Yeah, I would prefer it. Uh, the scene that freaked me out. <laughs> one of the scenes that freaked me out the most, just visually, is when he shows up. They're banging on the door and nobody's answering, and he shows up with a grocery bag and just stands there in the silhouette. Oh yeah, that was creepy. Very effective stuff, man. That's just like, ugh, that dude down the it, hall's trouble. Hurry up and, and once make again, the damn and they, decision. They, their audio work was amazing. Not only did they oversaturate oh, yeah. all the sounds, it was they oversaturated all the sounds, and then their foley work was amazing because those gunshots, you know that that was that was filmed for that movie. That yeah. was not stock. Yeah, that was yeah. uh, that was yeah. brand new things. Yeah. Each one of them was unique. Yeah, well, really and, good. and just the other sounds in that apartment building that you're not sure is that is that the killer doing something or is that just right. normal screaming indecipherable noise from the apartment building right, i love right. that yeah the whole apartment everything about that apartment was just it was oily to make and awful when he's the camera or when he's the reporter i'd forgotten that he was the reporter i've done that three times now i forget yeah, yeah. that he's the yeah. reporter until right. i see it again <laughs> i did too so uh notes from a first time viewer um everything in this film every uh, like wall in this film is gross there no <laughs> one no one lives in a home with a recently painted wall, and by recently I mean in the last fifty years. Yeah. Uh, which which sets a tone, right? Like you really you really feel dirty the whole movie. Like mm-hmm. even in the end scene, which has no walls, you're out in the dirt. They drive yeah. down a literal dirt road. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, so it bugged me. But then there were times when I don't feel like they depicted that right. Like there were times when they were doing exteriors in the city. And it was clearly a sunny day, and they were using a rain machine, mm. and mm-hmm. that really knocked me out of the movie. I'm like, why don't you guys walk 20 steps back and get out of that rain? 
No, so I never <laughs> even really noticed it. it. I didn't notice <laughs> it. I guess I wasn't looking that hard. I like the just the noir quality of it. I mean, here yet again, I don't. I'm, I'm surprised Dunaway's not arguing that the rain meant something. Uh, no, it, the rain meant that that they had to have a rain machine constantly because the rain, there was there the was a couple. Abs- of- it, it absolutely means something. It rains the entire time that right. Kevin Spacey's doing his his main crimes, and then right. when they finally catch him, it stops raining and it doesn't rain anymore. Like it's yes, it's it's sad. It it brings you down. It's gross. You have to prepare against it. Like, yeah, the rain is absolutely but, tied to all of this other like ugliness. In a lots of places, they did a really good job with their rain machines. But there was there were several times when uh, Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman were riding in the car, and it looked like somebody was just pouring a bucket. Mm. I mean, it didn't look like rain at all. It's like somebody was pouring a bucket. <laughs> like with Brad Pitt standing out there with the coffee, and it's yeah, just like, dumping on him. On. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little bit too much. Well, you know I what? Just... In that in that level of rain, you got to get those little green sticks that go in the hole of the coffee lid. Uh, you know those little right, sticks. Right. Yeah. The right. rain got to have those yeah. because the rain yeah. will go even even through that oh, little mouth hole. Totally. Yeah. This is ninety five. Did he did he have that kind of technology then? Sure, we did. Not. Yeah, Starbucks might not have invented that yet. No, yeah. <laughs> we. I they remember still folding up a straw. I remember those tiny hole. little straws, the little red straws from when I was a tiny oh, kid. Yeah. I think those have been around forever. Those are oh not, yeah, forever. Those are not new. That's just for stirring, though. Um, yeah, yeah. No, we're talking about the little the little plugs that go that Starbucks has. That when you're getting coffee for the office, oh, you got to go and put those little plugs in each of yeah. the holes of all right. the trees. Right. Because what if they slosh around in the car, like, or or, or if they're walking they in horrible rain? They will. They will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those plugs are. Was, is that a? a a Starbucks invention? Did they make that? No, I don't think so. I don't think they no invented them. They surely did embrace them. Yeah, they <laughs> they, they, they give them away like they're free. Yeah, they. I but think it's they might it's be. funny how it's funny how <laughs> that really stood out for all of us, and I imagine all viewers. Like uh, Brad Pitt shows up. He's uh, weird. Uh, Morgan Freeman isn't getting along with him at first, and so then like you see him standing in the rain with two cups of coffee. And you can tell he's trying to make peace. He's trying to impress Morgan Freeman. And Morgan Freeman just like, nah. And so nah. Brad Pitt just puts one of them down. Mm-hmm. That coffee is dead to me. Mm-hmm. I yeah. will never forget that. I think that was so clever. It was pretty funny. Uh, That's funny. Well, uh, Starbucks officially calls those uh, splash sticks. They were introduced in 2008. Oh. Mm. And looks like they actually might be... Uh, might the be a Starbucks all. creation. This would not surprise me, given their ubiquity yeah. and their need for something like this. That makes ten, sense. For ten years, we've had those splash sticks. Wow. Jeez. So mm. let's celebrate. How do you want to celebrate? We should. Uh... I'm going to go have a a, a a pumpkin spice latte and all the syrup yeah. is gonna be at the very bottom. Yep. And it's mm-hmm. Dunaway's going to go buy uh, yeah, a whole. Seriously. Dunaway's going to go buy a whole set of plugs. If you know what I'm saying. That's what he's going to do. That's right. I, some Starbucks are better than others. Mm-hmm. I think but and I have had the same experience. You get that splash stick and you stick it in the hole so you can shake up your PSL. Mm. Because if you don't I've shake that, that thing up, all the syrups at the not, bottom. I am not shaking made a hundred yeah. degree hot drink. Actually, actually what I do I, I swirl. I swirl, I swirl okay. like exactly. a like a like a wine from the top. Yeah. Exactly. When it's halfway, the drink is halfway down, then you begin the like the brandy. Right. The brandy <laughs> snifter swirl. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you don't, I'm you're bringing right. that flavor if from the bottom to the top. If mm. you don't do it early enough, then you start getting the oversweet. Oh, yeah. So you got to start it about but, halfway down. Yeah. Hopefully it's still warm yeah. then, but not too warm because if you spill, then you can sue them and then you'll be in the news and nobody likes it. Exactly. That. 
Hey, uh, how much do you think you have to pay a delivery person to show up at a specific time? Because Back to the Future, dollars. Uh, mm. Back to the Future Two, they had uh, not Eugene Levy, but one of the other SCTV guys, Flaherty, Joe Flaherty, oh, yeah, yeah, show yeah. up, show up years after this thing was was uh, postmarked to say, "Are you Marty yeah. McFly? Oh, I've got this. We've had this package for years." And... I think, I think in in like the next twenty four hours, it's nothing. Like Postmates will deliver whatever I want, whenever I want. But yeah, like if it's going to be way out in advance, then yeah. you have to you have to start offering them half up front and the other half on delivery or something. I well, don't these know. guys, I, I mean, this guy did it for, he said 500 bucks. bucks. He took 500 yeah. bucks and he did it. And it was like a special one off. And, you know, I, I, I assume John late. Doe. Yeah, it's still it a little late. Seven, it was still like 705 or something when he finally showed up. Yeah. I planned my whole movie around this event. Right, and you're gonna be late. And by the way, okay, so they say California, or sorry, they or we assume New York because the upstate comment, and it feels like New York. But where they drive out to, that's like desert town. It's like yeah, Santa Clarita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that where they filmed it? Really, Santa Clarita? I don't know. It looked like it. Just looked like it. Yeah, I mean, but that does. You know, there's no part of New York where where you drive for that short a time and get to where you cannot see any buildings or. Yeah, or, right. or I mean, upstate's like that kind of, but it's no, there's no desert. Like, no, that was desert and scrub, and I don't know. I kind of like that I, it's it, an indescript place. At like, first, I was thinking that was like, I'm like, uh, is that trailer? Uh, is that his childhood home? At first, I was like, what, what are we doing here? Mm. There's a trailer. Mm. So I looked here. it up. Uh, the final, the final scene was shot in Lancaster, so that's past Santa Clarita. Mm. Keep oh. going, mm. and then you get to Lancaster, California, and, and yeah, it's it's the you know the, it, it, like. They could have just gone with it, right? They could have just mm -hmm. said, "Oh, this is downtown LA. It sucks." Yeah, I prefer they yeah, didn't. Just... I prefer they didn't. I like that it's a ubiqu yeah. it's a ubiquitous city of from anywhere, any anywhere, big city. I kind of like that. Yeah. You don't need to Stop get them. into the. It's not. It's not important or germane to the story, and it lets you do something weird like drive out to a remote, deserty area full of power lines like that's an iconic place when that truck first starts coming down that dusty hill mm -hmm. that shot mm -hmm. is just you you can't take it out of your head uh, it's so good oh my gosh i think this is his I, I'm, I'm gonna say it's best movie his best movie but i think it's one of fincher's best it's got to be up in the like yeah. top three for me it, it is really well done i mean it's it's uh it's sets such a vivid scene that the the scenery and the 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 rooms they're in, the the different uh, locations that the, the film was shot, become as much character as uh, Freeman and Pitt and Spacey. Mm, yeah, it's just really good. The guy's uh, awesome. Now, here's my question: mm -hmm. the song at the end is a David Bowie song, if I'm not incorrect. Is that yeah. correct? But right. I don't know who's doing it. Is it a cover? Mm -hmm. Is it him? Like I don't know. I just read oh, that it was. I, a... Yeah, it is a it is a cover, I believe. I uh, threw Netflix out into the snow. I didn't. Uh, I didn't <laughs> right. listen to the ending of the song. <laughs> You threw Reed Hastings into the snow. Poof. Um, <laughs> Netflix is like, hold on a second. Let me show you some of our original content over this uh, credits. Well, well, let's see. Where's the. So the it is the this. Heart's Filthy Lesson. Yeah. Uh, which is a David Bowie and Brian Eno song. Yeah. And it was this version was performed by David Bowie. Oh, that's interesting because hmm. I didn't I, I couldn't hear Bowie when I heard it. And then later read that and went, oh, that was David hmm. Bowie. Really? That's a cool song. It's it is. Trippy. Yeah um yeah the only song that feels out of place was when they're in the diner getting ready to meet the informant and uh, haircut 100's love plus one yeah yep. it, was, yeah. it feels like ooh, are these all like uh you know 
hidden messages Related like we're getting clues about the mm-hmm. <laughs> i did the same thing i was like all right back off brian mm-hmm. right exactly no Not it's love plus one it's you know somebody loves the 80s <laughs> yeah it's just on at the place it's fine right exactly uh all right Clips? Clips. You guys want clips? Yeah. Clips? All right. Yes, I would really like to I know what's in the box. To, right. I don't want any clip except for Brad Pitt saying what's in the box oh. over and over. I want, over the next I want a minutes. clip of John C. Riley, and it's a very specific one. I'm hoping it's in here. No, oh, wait. Yeah. John C. Riley was in this movie? When was he yes, in this? He was in he the was helicopter California. yelling out. He was in, yeah. Oh. That's John C. Riley? Yep. I knew something is it about, familiar. Is it about somebody calling something? <laughs> yes. about? Yep. No cop would ever say, somebody call no. somebody. Okay. Somebody, somebody call somebody. All right. I, re- I capped that, but did not know it was him. That's crazy. Yes. Okay. Well, let's start he, with this he one. He played a badass th- from top to bottom in, in this. He never broke character. All right. Just badass. Yeah. Well, here's your first bit, and we'll uh, rip through these. I wasn't standing around guarding the Taco Bell. Okay, he didn't stand around by guarding a Taco Bell. I just thought that. No, but every there. just about every time you see Brad Pitt, where he's not chasing or or you know, where where they're where they're kind of just doing the regular crime solving and researchy stuff, mm-hmm. he's eating all the time, just like every other Brad yeah, Pitt yeah. movie. Like every Ocean's so, Eleven scene, he's like eating oh, a shrimp cocktail yeah. or a bowl yeah. of pudding. Yeah. By the way, uh, put down your emails. We we all meant to say John C. McGinley just oh, now. Oh, I'm sorry, not John C. Oh. Doctor Cox from Scrubs oh, is who sorry. we were talking about. Oh. Oh, yes. all right. Yes. I still didn't sorry, recognize him, but now I've... Not Mr. Cellophane, I, I took the, sorry. Right. I took John yeah, C. I took McGinley is California in this catch. film. Okay, thank I you I knew you meant... Thank you for that. Yeah. Yes. This would have been... Okay, hold on. When was uh, when was Point Break? So this is post-Point Break, because he was in that. Yeah, like a yeah. year. What? Was that a year? Right. No. This is like 90... Yeah, that's right. 89 or 90... Yeah, it was Point like, Break was early, wasn't it? Own? Yeah, Point Break's older. This no, thing's like late nineties. Okay, Ninety one. Looked it up. Ninety one. Okay, so okay. it's like six years late. Six years later or something. Four years. I went later. to the library, checked out a book, and it was ninety one. <laughs> Here's a, a gross sniff. This is while he's in the um, this is while he's in the spaghetti monster's house. So here's the sniff he made. Oh. <sighs> he did that a lot in there. He was just like Oh. <laughs> yeah, I would want to take as yeah. little of that into my nose as, as possible. <laughs> well, but how do you get across that you're in a smelly place, right? Like that takes good acting, and I I really got it. It got through to me. Yeah, I liked how Morgan Freeman's just not even bothered by it. It's like, yeah, right. whatever. I've seen this a million times. Brad That's Pitt's the like, way this town is always I, smelly. I haven't smelled nothing for twenty years. You might say this is how, how every house with a big fat guy who's dead smells. <laughs> Another day, another guy buried in the spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the sergeant is back. Come on. Somebody had a problem with a fat boy and decided to torture him. Yeah, it's not quite the same as yeah. uh, uh, it was not that other thing, but there I is. didn't know they stacked shit that high. That's right. <laughs> uh, we got culture, I wrote. Hey, we got culture. Oh, who's that guy in the oh, library? The library. <laughs> <laughs> I love those guys. I want a whole side quest with those guys. Yeah. Why does that library need so many security guards? Or are they like all off work and they just meet there? I think it's why just, does it it's... need every single table lamp turned on? I want to know. I know. That library is an enchanted place, man. Pretty cool stuff going on in there. I feel like this is yeah. like I feel like what we're, I feel like this whole movie exists in lamp world where like this is an alternate world. universe where the overhead light was never invented. And all we have are lamp lights. Yeah, everywhere. That lamp world is sounds like a great like, I don't know, 
parking sh- mall, you know, like a like a strip mall kind of place. <laughs> Lamp World. Welcome to Lamp Come on World. Down to Lamp World. Twenty percent must go. Yeah, I think we have a Lamp World. You might. You should go in there and see what they got. Probably lamps. I'm yeah. thinking. <laughs> Probably lamps. Yeah, with a few side tables. Here's Morgan Freeman laughing ridiculously. <laughs> oh my lord, that was so good. Yeah, that was something that else. Was so Here's good, how man. the music went down a lot. It's very relentless. Very uh, not stopping goes pushes that stuff <laughs> relentless and not stop it it's just really good <laughs> continue to go it's really works for me as a thing <laughs> continues unfettered yep here's uh, i don't know what this is think about it oh think about it think about it think about it think about it all right that's all right. a, that's a get to keeper for other uses yeah i feel like i can use that for something Here's uh, John Doe's Kevin Spacey, 20 seconds worth. I don't know how you found me, but imagine my surprise. I respect you law enforcement agents more every day. Well, I appreciate that, John. I tell you... No, no, you listen, all right? I'll be readjusting my schedule in light of today's little setback. I just had to call and express my admiration. And this got that trope where... uh, Here, I'll play the thing. Where you... He he knows to end the call right before the trace is finished. Mm-hmm. That is in everything, all things. Yeah, you could, yes, yeah. You could totally feel it too. Yeah, everything there ever was in a movie that involves somebody on a phone where the cops need to find him. Right, <laughs> there's always it. some guy with a pair of headphones looking at the <laughs> the guy answering the call, gesturing to keep him on. Keep yeah, him on. nodding. <laughs> or, yeah, hand signals. By the way, stretch it. This isn't the first time they encountered him and and even spoke to him, and they don't know it at this point. Mm-hmm. Right. But there's another trope here that drives me absolutely batty, and that is when he shows up as the photographer at the first crime. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, what? What like give me a look at him like let me hear his voice a little bit it just it was it was a really bad cameo you wanted you wanted the chance to figure it out that he was that guy I wanted the chance to to know that guy like if you're gonna insert him in there and you know what I mean like well you can't get to know enough for me to to connect it myself and that bugs me right I I liked it with that information I liked it because I didn't connect it go to the library I I wanted the surprise later in the tub when he saw the photo and went oh that was that guy like counted them yeah yeah I think they did that but I didn't I didn't get to share that surprise because I didn't see the guy enough I didn't see his face or hear his voice well that was the idea though is that you wouldn't recognize him isn't that the idea? Because he cause and that they wouldn't even be able to either. Like if they if they saw him, they wouldn't be able to say, "Oh, that's the photographer guy." He only knows he's the photographer because he sees the photos from that angle and remembers. Yeah, and it's a trope in happened. itself to have some. You know, it's 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 playing on our understanding of another trope, which is like, "Oh, hey, here comes a reporter who's a total dick, and he's pushing his way in here." And he shouldn't do that. And he shouldn't be here. It's a crime scene. Get out of here. You should do that. And so it plays on that. So we just think, oh, well, that's a one-off thing where he's annoyed and we see more Brad Pitt because of it. This is Brad Pitt's character coming out who's angry at everybody or whatever. And you don't even think about it again until you see that tub. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, dude, what a diabolical wiener this guy was. So I think it worked. It worked for me. Well, or at least it did then. I don't know. Seeing it for the first time in 08, maybe that's or in 2018. Maybe that's different. But for me, it worked. that's what that guy was wearing. Here's a, a package. <laughs> diabolical wiener. Mis- yeah, it's a massage parlor. So, I call this my diabolical wiener. There you go. The D, the D, we, the DW, the D wiener. 
Uh, here's a package under your arm. Hey, everybody that comes in there has got a package. All right, that's great. Why? <laughs> Why does everybody have a package? What are they? What are they bringing in? I mean, is that the porno guy? What kind of place is this? That's the porno that's guy. The, okay. That's the quote-unquote massage parlor dude. Yeah. By the way, yeah. what did the leather the leather uh, creator dude? What yeah. did he think that yeah. somebody was going to do with that thing? I, I mean, he said performance art, art, but yeah. still, it's like, yeah, I'm not making that. That yeah. that seems like it could just go bad for somebody yeah right. i'm sure he thought this is gonna hurt somebody's hoo-ha he's... i don't think so <laughs> i'm not making this i like the voice you've given him instead of the british one he had here's <laughs> here's uh he made me do it guy the guy who was freaking out mm. uh guy he made me do it oh man it's just so Ugh. so intense it's like what's his name from uh uh breaking bad what's his name uh oh my god Oh, um, from Breaking Bad. Wait, wait, no. wait. Uh, not, not uh, Jesse. 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 Yeah, he sounds like Jesse. Oh, for oh some a little bit. Let me try it again. He made me do it. Oh, it is a little Jesse. Not a little bit. Yeah. yeah By so. the way, that guy's joining. Uh, Aaron Paul is joining the cast of Westworld. I heard about that. He'd make oh, a good, yeah. uh, good cowboy type, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah right with that. Also, they showed a trailer yesterday for that new Coen Brothers thing, The Ballad of. Oh yeah. Can't wait. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Can't wait. I'm all in. So, uh, simultaneous release in theaters and Netflix the same day because it's a Netflix production, and I'm very excited about it. Oh, that's cool. You uh, think they could give us a weekend? Like I, I would be okay waiting through one weekend for it to be in theaters before watching it on Netflix. I don't care. Right. I want it early as I can get it, and I'd rather not go just, to a movie just, theater. So bring it home. Just Let's go watch it. the Ozarks. Just finish that. And yeah. Then you can oh, I can't wait to watch season time. two of that. Yeah. yeah, new season. So good. Is the new season good? Because I saw season one and loved it. Yeah. Season two's good? I watched okay. it. Watched the whole thing. It was very good. All right. I got to watch that Norm MacDonald uh, show, even though he's being kind of a dick in real life at the moment. Uh, here's a yeah. detective. What's this detective thing? I don't know. Here it is. Detective! Oh, yeah, that bit. That's oh, yeah. Pretty good. Detective. 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 <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's Toby from the West Wing, everyone. The client says there oh, are two yeah. more bodies, two more victims hidden away. He will take Detectives Mills and Somerset to these bodies, but only Detectives Mills and Somerset, only at 6 o'clock today. Why us? Says he admires you. My wife is binging West Wing, and it's weird to see Toby with like dark hair and mustache, a young was, face. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. There uh, was a lie in there that I that I caught as a lie, and everybody else was like, "Oh, we we're in a bind. We have to go through with Kevin Spacey's plan because there's no way out of it." I'm like, the lie was that they would never find out what the last two were. And it's like, if mm. they don't go through with his plan, guess what? They're still ahead in the box. There's a body back at home. They're going to find out what the last murder was, and there's not actually two. Right. And right. it's like, right. it's like, why are they, why well, are they going with trick, this? It's a good trick, though. Okay, it's some, a good just trick. Just got a call from some delivery guy. He said he was supposed to go out uh, in the middle of nowhere, and all right. he found was a dead dog. Yeah. yeah. But the, yeah. The, 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 the trick was that you got to remember, they had the meeting earlier where he says, all right, well, we've checked the blood. Um, some of it's his, but some of it's mm, an unidentified victim. And so in their minds, right. it's like, oh, well, we have to follow this because there's another victim we don't know anything about that's not even wouldn't even be connected to the Gwyneth Paltrow thing they don't know about yet, even though it was her right. blood. Mm-hmm. Like it's I think it was pretty good. That stuff all added up for me. Uh, it was all right. All right. Here's a I, what's this iconic forever. Oh, yeah. So here you go. Done, done away. Your favorite part. Put the gun I down. saw you with the box. What was in the box? Because I envy your normal life. Put the gun down, baby. It seems that envy is my sin. No, what's in the box? Not till you give me the what's gun. What's in the f- 
the box. Give me the gun. Oh, it's so good. Wow. <laughs> I love, I love ah. He says the line like eight different ways, and I love that. Like yeah, it's you know you're so many different emotions, and it's like. But, Okay, take 18. This time you're going to put the emphasis on the word what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Ah. Now give me, give me a surprised version. What's in the box? Yeah, right, what's give me a, in right. the box? What is in the box? Yeah. Come I like on. the his face that he makes when he's kind of like serious and pointing the gun and then kind of cries yeah. and leans and then yep. comes back to that face. But his, anger, you know, the anger. Yeah. But the eyes a, still look just de- dead and shocked. Oh, it's so he's. I it mean, is a brilliant uh, performance by by Brad Pitt. I yeah, think. he's the right guy. You pick the right guy. And here's oh, here's the call. Someone thing that apparently is uh, Doctor Cox. <laughs> so here you go. Somebody call somebody. <laughs> somebody call somebody. Anybody? Call anybody. It's like no, you call somebody. You're the police. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you gonna call? Like somebody call somebody. Oh, I don't call the police. Oh wait, that's us. Oh, that's we us. Need, we need the parent police. Right, our exactly. police parents to come do some adulting here that was very odd what an odd thing is, to say yeah. all right it's, final. it's such an improv line and they're like uh i guess we'll just keep it because yeah. it sounds like it's not a microphone thing yeah. here's the bit where he turns into red from uh shawshank redemption for just a second and we get to hear him narrate here you go very ernest hemingway once wrote the world is a fine place and worth fighting for i agree with the second part Roll the credits. Yes. And Fincher, Fincher originally didn't want that, but that was a conceit to the studio. Oh, and was like, it? Why? Because it would have been yeah. it would have been nice just to have ended just as, a, as they walked the off. scene. Yeah. And, yep, exactly. Yeah, just you know, because the, the story was resolved. It doesn't. It doesn't. There's not really anything that that adds. I mean, we we already know right. how uh, Morgan Freeman feels about the job and the city and all that stuff. It it's. It's it actually took away. It actually took away from me because I was like, I don't need to see that Brad Pitt's broken and that the the chief police captain says we'll take care of him, and it's like you can go retire now. And I'm like, I don't need all this. Mm. I can kind of guess what's going to happen from here. Sure, we probably didn't need it, but I like to hear him narrate things, so I, I'll let it. Yeah, I'll, I'll exactly. I want an alternate version of this movie that's just him narrating and nothing else. I don't want any other sounds. I I agree. <laughs> okay. I looked Scooby's <laughs> Scooby's into it too. He says it's all right. Time for this. Uh, film sack checklist. Check it out. Uh, gross. Check. Intense. Check. Brad. Pitt- <laughs> I wrote Brad Pittance. Check. What does that mean, Brad Pittance? It's I don't know, but it's Brad a funny Pitiful. Pit- he's pinted. Some- he's pin- he's pinted. In the end, there's right. Brad Pitiful. It might be Brad Pitiful at the end. Yeah, <laughs> That's good, too. Star Trek connections include the following. Reg E. Cathy was Dr. Santiago in TNG, played Klingon Commander Morag in the sixth-season episode Aquiel in 1993. Paul Eckstein Morag. played a paramedic at the massage parlor uh, in DS9 and Voyager, played uh, two Jim Hadars. So there's the thing. And then Leland Orzer, crazed man in the massage parlor. Uh He's in all kinds of so that must be the yeah, guy. That's the dude. That's, that's the guy. The dude. <laughs> He's me. in tons of Star Trek. DS9 played a character yeah. called Guy. DS9 Lovick, uh, Voyager played Dejaren in an episode, and Enterprise played Loomis in the episode Carpenter Street. That dude was in all over and the guess Star what? Trek. We're gonna see him next week because he's in Pearl Harbor. No way. Loomis. Ooh, no way. That's yes. very exciting. Does he get blown up? I hope. Anyway. 
I'm not going to tell you. Yep, yep. <laughs> he's a he's a battle he's a battleship right there in the uh, port. He, gets blown up. <laughs> he plays yep. the he plays a missile or a bomb. <laughs> Does he have a jagged, weird bulge in his pants? Because I'm a little worried now after seeing him in this. Is he carrying a package under his arm? Uh, <laughs> Everybody um, is. Everyone is. <laughs> All right. Uh, That's the surprise part. The uh, Twitter post is where you guys sum this thing up in 280 characters or less. The tradition is and goes that Randy starts. Randy. It's a 7N. Gluttony, <laughs> greed, sloth, wrath, envy, pride, lust. How could I ever forget a Saturday night at Imitos? Ah! <laughs> I should have seen that coming. Nice job. Yeah. Uh, Brian Dunaway. 7N. Like. A late night round of switchblade darts. I'm trying to sleep over here. <laughs> and also, I can't stop, stop thinking about what's in the box. Yeah. What's in the box? Switchblade darts, that's right. Forgot he did that, that was wild. Yeah. He got so mad yeah, that metronome. He's so good, too. Yeah. He was really good at it, and you would not have a dartboard after a couple of rounds. No, <laughs> no it would just fall apart. Yep. It's going to be a really good bristle, thick bristle dartboard. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that thick bristle, yo. Yep. Uh, finally, Brian Ibbett bringing up the rear. I tried to make a prediction here. Seven. So seven in it. Uh, well, it's better than dancing around in grandma's panties, rubbing peanut butter all over yourself. <laughs> predicting Randy's Twitter post. Just like a Saturday night at Ibbett's house. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, all right. Oh, you've all done great, but there's this. Oh, that's the wrong one. There's this. Oh, is it chicken in the bucket? There might have been. Um, chicken in a box. Might have been. There <laughs> was a chick in the box. Oh, wow. my well gosh. Done. I'm going to have to throw you in the snow now. That's how this works. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the alternate title I have right here on a piece of paper that is absolutely true, truly a piece of paper with the alternate title on it. Uh, so 7N, that's number one. And number two was, <laughs> that's a lot of spaghetti sauce. All right, moving on to emails. We got uh, one from, let's see, who's this? Jack from Montgomery, Texas. You been there, uh, Randy? Jack. Been to Montgomery? Probably. Yeah, mm -hmm. might have been. He says, Aloha, Sackers. Ooh, another uh, thing Randy likes. Aloha, Sackers. In high school, I worked at my local movie theater and was working when the Scooby-Doo movie was released, the first one that we watched. On occasion during that summer, before the film uh, would premiere that Friday, we would watch certain films. Uh, this was one that we had watched. Like the Sack Crew, mm -hmm. I remember watching Scooby-Doo and a pup named Scooby-Doo as a child. So when we were watching this, I was super excited. At the time... I was fine with what I watched. Unfortunately, I've listened to the episode before watching. Uh, I'm going to watch it now and see how terrible it is or if it holds up. I wanted to mention that Freddie Prinze Jr. has been uh, has been up to uh, sorry has been up to since his teen throb days. That doesn't make sense. I wanted he, to mention what he's been what he's been, what up, he's been up, to. up to. Oh, they what been up to has been up to. Okay, yeah. I remember a few years back watching Fallon and FPJ. I guess that's what his friends call him. FPJ was a guest. For a while, he was working for the WWE. I did not know that. Uh, he wrote scripts and storylines behind the scenes. So he'd write scripts for these uh, for these wrestlers. He talked about how much fun he was having and doing uh, and and having doing it and all the relationships he'd built from that form of entertainment. Even though he has gone away, uh, and SMG gets more work. That's Sarah Michelle Geller. Wow, this guy just is all over the the uh, abbreviations, yeah. the initialisms. Says he's abbreviating. He's a, he says he is in fact doing some things here and there. Just wanted to weigh in on the Freddie Prince Jr. Mis uh, mystery. Best wishes and keep it all, all right. the sacking happening, Jack. Then mystery. he says, "P.S. Y'all should sack Summer Catch, another Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard film. I never even heard of this. 
Oh, yes. Uh, it's actually a, on Netflix right now, and I did roll the first couple of minutes of it. So it's like a teen rom-com sports movie. So that might be all right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it needs some space. It was space. all right from what I watched of it. It's a little bit of space between that and Scooby-Doo, probably. But yeah. Maybe <laughs> yes, please. Should be fine. And, uh, it took me a while, but yes, I have been to Montgomery, Texas. I used to have a friend who had a uh, cabin on Lake Conroe, not too far from Montgomery. We'd drive into town to go to the grocery store there. Montgomery. It is a beautiful part of the world. I oh. would like to go back. Very nice. Well, well, you hope you have a good time down there, Jack. And if you'd like to send your own emails in like Jack, you can do it, filmsack at gmail.com. Our next film is the very Pearl long Harbor. Pearl Harbor. Very long Pearl Harbor. Uh, so just know you're getting what you're getting into. This is also on Netflix. It's a, uh, the ben movie Affleck. takes place in real time. Yep. Uh, <laughs> this is where Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner met and uh, began their, their whirlwind romance that would upend the uh, Ben Affleck, uh, Jenny from the Block relationship. So uh, there's some fun to be had there. <laughs> Uh, but then also it's a, you know, big, big, dumb, loud, uh, movie from Michael Bay and it's, you know, world war two and yada, yada, yada. Right. So oh, spoilers. That. Jeez. Come on, Please Scott. Leave stop. something for people. I've only seen parts of this movie, so this will be a fir- my first complete viewing. So it should know. be a movie that'll live in infamy. Yeah, it probably will. Nah. Be. Uh, and I like Michael Bay. I've gone on record to say that I like Michael Bay movies that aren't Transformers movies. And so we'll, uh, we'll see how you feel about it after this movie. Yeah, I may not. Yeah. I may change it or who knows. So that's next week right here on FilmSack. FilmSack.com is our website. As always, you can uh, email us FilmSack at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at FilmSack. Leave us reviews wherever you get your podcasts. That's very helpful uh, for us when it comes to rankings in our categories. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian and for Randy. What's in the box? We'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Everybody that comes in there has got a package. Mm. Mm. <laughs>